0: scores! There's scenes here at Perry Park! Chris has taken the wild thing yes. and sent it... Him... Oh! bang yes.
1: Welcome to episode 40 of the Beyond the Sidelines podcast and we're on film again. So once again you get to see our beautiful faces. Joining me, Campbell and Finn. Boys, how are you today?
2: Good mate. I'm a good mate. I mean, the whole reason why I'm here, and this is quoted from Finn... Is to drive people to Spotify, you know, they're not going to want to look at these mugs. Uh, That's actually not fair.
0: You can't steal my joke. That was original comedy at its finest, basically because, uh, like I've said before, a few weeks ago, dad has told me since day one of my life, really, uh, I have a face for radio.
2: Bobby's not a liar either He's not a
0: liar He's a very truthful man He's a saint really Just Um, tells it how it is Straight talking man Exactly And you've got to appreciate that really You've got to respect it But um, now that we are on film uh, I've decided that uh, I'm going to try and attract people to the Spotify platform So you can keep listening to our voices But not have to watch our faces So uh, you're welcome Spotify Uh, Invest invest. Exactly
2: As Miley Cyrus said You get the best of both worlds Jesus Um, You are
0: grim, mate you betcha. Anyway,
1: Miley fan are you?
2: Oh, huge Miley fan.
1: I
0: think, okay, I think we all are in a way. We I all think are. She's deep just, down. Everyone's she, she's she inspired a generation, being both Hannah Montana and Miley.
2: It was Had like you ever seen how could she live room? those
0: two lives? Oh, uh, they're two polar opposites, mate. One actually, I don't
2: know the story. Yeah, I, and actually, I couldn't I tell you. in Black Mirror. So
0: exactly, she was good in that. Actually, yeah, well that's actually a good bad. episode. Black Mirror is a very very good series. Fantastic by the Fantastic show. Um, there's that one episode which I'm obsessed with, which is the interaction one, Bandersnatch. Oh,
2: is that, is that the one with... Um...
0: I couldn't tell you couldn't tell Oh, no, actives. yeah,
2: the interactive one. Yeah, yeah. yeah and
0: yeah, it's the yeah, bloke yeah. and he's like creating a video game and yeah. um, you pick everything that happens. Yeah,
2: it's really I remember. Weird.
0: I remember playing for like three hours, playing it. Again, <laughs> trying that's the, to get that's different. <laughs> yeah, because it's really weird, some of the yeah. outcomes. And even you can do the same thing again and get a different outcome. It's really, yep. it's weird, but quite frankly, that's not the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Uh, mm. This week, claimed that mantle. I was walking through Intrapilly with Campbell, uh, and we saw a man, a, a gentleman, really, mm. eating a donut. Well, technically, Sh- it was Would a donut. Did you That was a gentleman? That was the joke, Gus, don't jump yeah. the gun. And basically, he was holding a donut box, box, and I was like, fair play, son, enjoy your snack. But he had one donut on the base. And then a donut on top of that. And he was holding the donut. uh, So holding the box Uh and eating the donuts hand,
2: handless. Um, It was the weirdest. I remember both of us just pausing, reflecting, reminiscing conversation and went,
0: did that just
1: happen?
2: What on God's green earth did I just witness
1: that? That's temptation for you. I mean, I, I've experienced it myself. You know, you, you, you're eating something. You got your hands full, and you're like, "Well, no, no." But that's I the thing, Gus. That's just... the
0: thing. His hands weren't full. His hands were full oh. of the box. Yeah, you know, yeah. he didn't have a phone in one hand or something. He both hands were on either side of the box, and he was honing in like a pig at the trough. So he it could was have easily weird.
1: just took uh, taking one hand off and grab. Oh, the so easily, then... Gus. Were you at Indro on
2: Tuesday? Yeah, phone looked a bit like you.
1: I, I, I don't even, I can't even remember what
2: I was doing on Tuesday. Uh, there we
1: go. So we can't, we can't confirm I, otherwise. I've just lost track of time. It's
2: just crazy. Pretty much. But, it uh, was the weirdest thing I've seen. It's in really a weird. Long time. It's I remember just, audibly saying something that I'm not going to say here, but yeah. I was exactly. like, what?
0: Well said. The well hell said. Is But that? luckily, look, that was, let's face it. That was a, uh, negative on mm. our journey to Indooroopilly for the first time in a while. I yeah. might add thanks to restrictions and whatnot. Um, but our day got instantly better about mm. ten minutes later when Campbell decided to treat me to a froco, or at least CJ. I thought it was a froco.
2: Well, so I'm pretty sure all Macca's employees get taught this when they start. Is oh, someone ordered a frozen coke? Oh, sorry, it's on defrost. Middle of the day. How is how is it possibly on defrost or a soft serve? Oh, sorry, we're not doing any soft serves at the moment. How on earth are these two machines never working? Anyway. Frozen Coke wasn't working, but the frozen Fanta was. They didn't have Fanta flavored. I was like, "What? Are you you kidding me?" And then I was exactly so I was like, "All right, do you have grape? No grape. What's going on here?" And so I asked, "What flavors do you have?" She has lime, vanilla, a couple of other flavors. So I went, "Hmm, you know what? You know what's a good combo in a milkshake? Tis
0: good. Tis good.
2: Lime and vanilla together. (laughs) So we got them combined. Did. Oh my god."
0: Um, it's arguably the best thing I've ever tasted.
2: It was so good. I remember we were walking off and I had a little sip and I, I stopped dead in my tracks.
0: You did actually. That's Same. true. That's not just a uh, dramatic That's not uh, storytelling. Hyperbole.
2: That's not hyperbole. That's, uh,
1: That's 100% the truth. Uh, we are very dramatic people look, in everyday life. That's the reality. Look, How could you tell? Now, I don't want to, I don't want to bag any McDonald's employees or any of those fast food employees. Cause I know they get paid pretty much nothing, but, is it really How? that hard to get my order right? Like seriously,
2: I no know. no no. They, they, it wasn't. They, they had one person working a whole mackers. Exactly. It was the
1: last time. A criminal. The last time I was at Hungry. Jacks, I mean, I usually get a Hungry Jacks if I need a fix or a meal or something. Classic. Usually, it's it's a stunner, and wrong. usually Aren't I'm missing one curse. element of that stunner. Every single time, I miss one element of of it, whether it's the nuggets whether my, my burger's the incorrect burger. This has just, never
2: happened to me, mate. People well, must it, just it, not like you.
1: I'm, I'm must be, yeah, I must be unlucky because it's, or it's ca- becoming a, rel, a regular occurrence now. It's, mm. it's horrible. I, I think know. it's a Tell conspiracy, isn't it?
0: It's a conspiracy it against be. Gusman. Hung, the Hungry Jacks organization.
2: Right.
1: Seriously. The
2: Hungry Jacks organization. on to be on the Sidelines podcast Come on. and explain Tell to us. Tell me why
1: you can't get my meal right. They always one, get thing, one right? one so job. Exactly, it's uh, it's utterly I bizarre. You want to sponsor me? Sponsor you?
2: I'm a, I'd be a great ambassador for your product. Mm. I would always do you right. It's the no
1: angry problem. Angus right here. I'm the angry Angus. See, I'm, that's I'm, branding. I'm, I'm fed up. That's branding.
0: Look, we might. Uh, I think we'll put it this way. The best way to put it is, it was definitely a week of mixed results. Mm. You know, it had its lows, but it definitely had its highs. But uh, Gusman, lead us into it, pal. But the one bloke who isn't. Having Hungry Jacks and or McDonald's or the
1: like on the regular is uh, our guest this week. Yeah, Ryan Grant. Pretty pretty good pull for this week. We've had, we've had a few great guests in the last uh, last
2: last forty episodes. Forty had had an excellent episodes. Yeah, geez, yeah, how
0: big's your ego, Gus? True. True. I think, I think I we've been pretty say, good.
1: It's it's refreshing to get an A-League star on the podcast. We haven't had mm. much football talent on recently, so it's Great that uh, Ryan Grant was able to join us this week from Sydney FC, of course, second most capped Sydney FC player of all time, I believe. So uh, big wraps to him. He's, he's been at the club for 11 years. Uh, you can have a listen to what he had to say to us uh, right now. We are joined this week by Sydney FC and Socceroos representative and the owner of probably one of the best mullets in the A-League, Ryan Grant. How are you, mate?
3: Yeah, not too
1: bad, fellas. Yeah, that's good now. I mean, you haven't got the typical uh, footballer look. Do you? You, got, you got that beautiful mullet. But you also, apparently, you drive a 1984 t- Toyota Corona. Is there something about the 70s, the 80s that you like so much, mate? Just stalking him, Gus. Oh. <laughs> um,
3: not particularly. I think um, the mullet was sort of, I think it's sort of come back in, to be honest. It's not something that's too outrageous at the moment. And then with the car, I was honestly for a little run around um, and then came across a, a, yeah, 84 Corona in real good um, nick. So I thought it'd be a waste not to jump on that. So um, I know it sort of coincides with each other, but at the same time, it's sort of just how it happened. Um, But yeah, I think a little bit old school about it.
2: Yeah, no doubt, mate. Uh, I've got to ask, what bet did you lose for the hair, mate?
3: No, no bet. It was sort of, um, I used to have a bit longer hair a couple of years ago and then was uh, thinking about putting a mullet in just to be a little bit different and then ended up shaving it. But um, when I shaved, it, I was like, yeah, if when I get the length, I'll, I'll definitely make a mullet again. But yeah, no no bet. It was just more of just trying to be outside the mold of a typical footballer, I suppose.
2: Yeah, for sure. And you know, there's a lot of mullets going around in Aussie sport. Um, who's got, your, other than yourself, Who's got the best mallet? do you reckon? you reckon maybe Bailey Smith from the Western Bulldogs? There's a few going around. Who do you reckon has got the yeah. best one?
3: I think the AFL boys have got it down pat. There's a lot going around uh, the AFL. Um, but I think the original one that sort of um, I've always liked was Mikey Wright, the surfer. Nice. Um, he's got a mean one. He's had it for a couple of years too, obviously a bit longer than me. Um, yeah, so he's, he's a uh, pretty um,
2: pretty gross which which makes it <laughs> iconic iconic is the I word. Mean,
1: you're a big surfer yourself what what do you like about surfing i guess
3: um yeah i mean i, I love to get out there i'm far from a good surfer but it's just I've always sort of when i moved to sydney i'm originally from out near uh, Bathurst, the place called Canandre, but when i moved to sydney i've sort of always lived around the beaches so as a bloke from the country as soon as you get uh, near the beach you always want to give it a crack and um, have a swim so wanted to make most of that. So yeah, just naturally tried out surfing and um, yeah, the more you do it, like anything, I suppose, the more you enjoy it. And um, I'm always trying to go for a swim anyway. So if you just take the board and try to get a few waves and it's always good fun. So um, like I said, I'm not, I'm far from good at it. And there's a lot of better surfers out there, but it's just the thing that I like to do and sort of get away from um, things and saltwater therapy, I suppose.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, getting away from sports always a positive thing it's always something you kind of need to do to reset i guess is there anything else that you do to kind of reset and get away from football and stuff like that um yeah
3: there's a lot i mean nothing um particular i suppose where i do daily or weekly to to make sure i'm always doing something but i try to change it up i'm a bit like everyone i think and probably you fellas are the same love all sort of sports so I, i love even just watching the footy or whether it's AFL or, or rugby league and um, doing that sort of stuff or even go and play golf. I'm I'm very ordinary at that, but I love having a hit. <laughs> um, Ball yeah. always
2: ends up in the drink, you know?
3: Yeah. yeah just to get another <laughs> reason to get in the water. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, just like little things. No, I haven't got uh, particular hobbies. I, I try little things and go through different phases where I try and um, do different things, but, um, I'm not very good at March, but I sort of have a dabble at everything.
0: Not very good at March, but you're a socceroo. Just staying humble anyway. Um, mate, during self isolation quarantines, what we're all experiencing right now, what are you doing to pass the time? You mentioned those hobbies, but you can't do them at the moment.
3: Yeah. So that's a, I think the sort of blessing in disguise for me is, um, at the moment for isolation is trying new things. And it's like you said, very limited when you're sort of in isolation, um, indoors so um, I've done a few different things I've, I have ordered some clay and tried to make some pottery I suppose oh.
1: <laughs> Shout. Can you that uh, scene from Ghost? <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah I, 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 tried, I tried to um, convince my girlfriend to give it a crack but she was having none of it um, <laughs> but yeah, we've, we've been doing that I mean like everyone else we've been doing puzzles um, I've sort of been playing a little bit more Playstation than I'm used to um, What else have I been doing? i've got a few plants in my house i'm i'm nearly killing them by watering them too much because i just want to put around a little bit and trying to keep busy um but yeah i think other than that i'm pretty much like everyone just watching netflix and um trying to buy time as much as i can with different ball games and whatnot
2: yeah um well yeah what are you watching on netflix mate you mentioned netflix there what are you watching on netflix what's your what's your favorite video game even
3: Uh, I'm not a big gamer. I I honestly just play FIFA at the moment. Yeah, good call. Um, With my housemates, my old housemates, we used to play for bills. um, (laughs) And and, and whoever's going to cook that night or clean up. So it was always more of a competition thing rather than a gaming thing. Um, And we're quite uh, even at the time. So that was how I sort of play PlayStation. I'm not a big gamer. But um, yeah, and then with Netflix... um, I've been just watching, I think, what everyone else is. I think it's very hard because everyone's watching the same stuff because no one's got nothing to do. But um, I sort of like uh, Ozark. I haven't got into the new season yet, but um, that's good. And um, I love a true crime. So all those true crime docos are pretty cool. But actually, something we started last night was, uh, I think, Handmaid's Tale, but that's on SBS. I mean, sorry, that's on um, Stan, so... Okay. Yeah. I understand. Um, yeah, they were. That's not too bad, actually. I've got a couple episodes in and sort of hooked me.
2: Yeah. Good. Bit of uh, Tiger King, maybe. You got the Joe Exotic look going. Bit of Tiger yeah,
3: I love Tiger King. I even uh, got the had the the mo into a sort of goatee. <laughs> a couple of weeks there after I watched that, just to have a bit of a laugh. But yeah, that was that was very interesting. Something that um, yeah, you couldn't even write something about that. It was uh, it was that outrageous. it was, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned FIFA, mate. When you're playing ultimate team and career mode and the likes, do you play as yourself much or... No, I guess, yeah. Do you play with yourself much on a ultimate team? you can't ask that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You can't (laughs) ask that. As soon as I said it. As soon as I said it.
3: (laughs) Uh, On FIFA, I I tend to play uh, a little bit um, uh, as myself. No, not really. I I sort of definitely tried it. As soon as you sort of get on a a video game, you're definitely going to do it. But um, I'm pretty cutthroat on on FIFA. I, I don't really... Um, pick myself because I'm, I'm not up to the standards so I try and stick to the better players but um, I have um, signed myself on, on different occasions in, in career mode but uh, I don't really play ultimate team, I don't understand how out sort of works but when it gets to career mode I occasionally uh, buy myself and let me sit on the bench and give me give yourself, a a big,
2: give yourself a big salary something oh, like
3: yeah. that Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he, he, to be fair I'm pretty greedy on there, it's hard to Jamie uh, away from from Sydney. I'm, I'm always asking for a bit too much. I think.
1: Well, no, like I I saw in FIFA. I think they uh, adapted the mullet into the game. Actually, um, onto your character. What does that look like in the game when you're playing uh, playing with your character?
3: Uh, it looks a lot better um, on there than it does in real life. I reckon. So, <laughs> um, it's actually very cool. I didn't did not expect that. So when um yeah someone first made me aware of that, I had to get on there and check it out. But yeah, it looks very cool. I didn't think, um, as you know, a lot of the A-League players, they don't um, pay too much attention to the the features and whatnot. But, yeah, to be able to get on there and have your, your mullet on there was was pretty cool. And um, Yeah, it looks really good. Like I said, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Can't complain.
0: It has to be on there, mate. Absolutely iconic. Now, you mentioned the A-League proper. The season, an abrupt end to the season. You guys well on top. Uh, no champion as of yet. The FFA, they've gone a bit silent. But do you think Sydney FC should be the 2019 champions?
3: Uh, Oh, it's a tough one. I mean, mathematically, I think we could have been caught by Wellington. um, But at the same time, I think we would have had to lose every game and they would have had to win every game uh, for that to be a possibility. So, yeah, I mean, you could never say it wouldn't have happened, but it was highly unlikely. So, it's hard to sort of say. But I think if this season does get scrapped, I'd like to... um, Sort of consider ourselves the the premiers, um, just because of how hard we've worked and how consistent we were throughout the year. It would would be nice to be topped off and, and crown premiers. But at the same time, I could sort of understand the arguments of the other teams if that wasn't to be the case. But I mean, if we're going to be greedy and and want as much trophies, we've got to take them when we can. So I'd definitely ask for it.
2: Yeah, no doubt. You guys were really dominant and. Sydney, you've been quite dominant over your career too. I mean, you've been in a few A-League finals. You've, I think you've won two or three. What's it like to hoist the toilet seat uh, at the end of the season? Best trophy yeah. in
0: the sport.
3: Yeah, definitely the best Best trophy. It's always a, a good talking thing. But um, no, it's very cool. It's, like you said, it's a pretty iconic um, trophy. So to be able to lift that up and and be uh, champions uh, is something special. And uh, yeah, have been lucky enough to do it a couple of times. And um, yeah, just last year, I think remembering everyone sort of had a chance to hold it up to our fans over there in Perth and everyone did something a little bit different. And I'll, I think I was rolling it along the, the ground at one stage to one of the other boys just to have a laugh and people putting their heads through it. and whatnot. So, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's pretty cool to be able to do it and everyone has a good laugh when they get their chance to hold it up.
1: Well, I mean, what about that uh, 2017 A-League Grand Final? You scored the uh, equalising goal and then you boys went on to win it in penalties. Uh, what was that like as, as a day, as an experience?
3: Yeah, I think that's probably my favourite day um, as a footballer. I mean, take away um, international stuff and, and soccer rules, just a, purely in, in um, sort of circumstance and situation and club land. It's, that was the best. I think, like I said, I've won a few, but that one, um, like you, you mentioned, I did score, um, which is always special. I don't score too many, so to be able to score one in a grand final and it'd be um, pretty crucial um, was really cool. And then I think the drama of it going to extra time and then obviously to penalties and um, for the player of the year, Ninko, to step up and, and um, yeah, score the winner. I think it, was, it just was sort of fairytale finish. And as cliche as that sounds, it was just sometimes in sport it works out perfectly. And I think um, that was one of those days. And uh, we definitely made the most of it um, after and had a, a good long week of, um, yeah, having a good, a good time with the boys and having a bit of a party.
0: Yeah, mate, celebrating as you should. Now, because you've done it all in Australia, have you ever been tempted throughout your career to maybe go abroad or is Sydney FC well and truly, well, are you a one-club man. Is that uh, what you want your career to be?
3: Um, yeah, it's, I think it's a question I get asked a little bit. It's, it's not necessarily um, up to me really to be able to say, oh, listen, I want to go overseas and just make it happen. It's sort of things have to align and, um, and whatnot. And there has to be, obviously, firstly, has to be offers from, from overseas and um, there has been a little bit of interest in the past, but nothing um, concrete. So it's um, not that I'm against going over, but at the same time I'm not going out of my way and, and knocking doors down to, to try and make it happen. I'm, I'm pretty content here in Sydney and um, yeah, love it here. And it's obviously I've been at Sydney FC for 11 years, so it's very much home and feel very comfortable. Um, but yeah, if something was to come up, you would definitely I'll definitely have to have a, a good look at it and, and suss it out, but at the, at the same time, like I said, I'm really happy here, and um, yeah, definitely wouldn't see myself in another team in Australia, that's for sure.
1: Well, you mentioned yeah. you've you've been in Sydney for 11 years. What what's your favourite part about Sydney FC as a club?
3: Um, oh, that's a great question. I think the culture, and I think that, that if you speak to any sportsman or any successful teams, I think cultures. Always the biggest thing. Um, we've had a good culture now at Sydney for a long, long time, and I think that goes a long way. And if not, is the most important thing to to why we've been so successful. And um, yeah, I mean, especially in that 2017 uh, season when we won it, um, we were all very, very close, and um, just not not just teammates that you come in and see every day and have a laugh. It was, it was good mates. We were literally. 10 deep wherever we went, whether we were just getting the coffee or playing cards down at the cafe or, or something, there was always a huge number of us. And um, I think that, that was why we were so good. And I think that's, like I said, hugely important. And then even to last year, some of my best mates have been in, in, in all of life, have been in the last, uh, have come from the last couple of years uh, as a Sydney FC player. So you meet some really good players and then when you, you with when all sort of gels, it just um, yeah, creates something special.
2: Yeah. And you know, when a season gels, you end up hopefully winning at the end of the season. And then you get that, that fabled Monday, the old Mad Monday, bit of a different one this year, but I think the whole nation will probably have a Mad Monday at the end of this one. Um, what's your best, I guess, Mad Monday experience or best, I guess, outfit you've seen someone wear or you've worn at one?
3: Oh, we've had some, some crazy ones. Usually we do a Christmas party, which is our biggest dress up. Our Mad oh, Monday cool. usually, um, like a theme uh, not so much a dress up so a couple years ago we had the double denim theme and we actually out out, um, and mingled with the public and we're all in double denim which is quite acceptable so it wasn't too bad but um, yeah a Christmas party dress ups are are pretty crazy Uh, oh I can't even tell you I went as Chucky this year um, (laughs) which was which was fun but we've had Yoda I think we've had some some crazy ones I think Costa this year went as um, Pikachu with a big—he um, couldn't even get any food or drink into his mouth because the costume was too big. And, and <laughs> so, um, yeah, off the top of my head, I can't really think of them. But I—I I do know that there's been a lot of good times and some some classic dress ups.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned some great players there, mate. Who's the best player you've played alongside at the Sky Blues?
3: Um, well, it's it's hard to go past Del Piero. I think yeah. everyone sort of says, "Oh, he was past it," and. And whatnot, but he, I think, at, I think he was thirty-eight, thirty-nine, still banged in. I think fifteen goals or something a year it was pretty crazy. And and just watching him train and seeing what he was all about was um, freakish. And um, yeah, he definitely is probably, even though like I said, he was a bit older and a bit past that he was still uh, the best player I've probably played with. But other than that, I can't go past Brosky. They even when I was a uh, a young fella, and I was going to to the Sydney FC games as a fan. Um, I loved Broski, and then getting to meet him, and um, then become mates, and see what he's been able to do—not um, only for uh, Sydney, but in his career overseas, and even Australia. It's, I think he's he's very underrated um, what he could do and what he was about. So, and he's a legend of a fella. I think I don't know if you've ever spoke to him or whatnot, but he's he's a top guy and a, a really good mate. So I think him and Del Piero.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned Del Piero, mate. He was, he was there when it was peak A-League. Like, the A-League was the best it has ever been. I think we had the A-League All-Stars, Juventus mm-hmm. came down. It was absolutely great from a fan's point of view. But since, unfortunately, the A-League, it's taken a bit of a dip. And just for you as a player, from a player's perspective, what does the A-League need to really, you know, re-interest fans and get back to the glory days?
3: Uh, that's a, a very tough question. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm the same as you. You sort of think we need to... Um get more crowds uh, a bit more attention to it but I don't know the answer to it to be honest I always joke about um with friends that obviously when cricket was in a bit of a lull they uh, created the big bash um which made it a, a lot fun and brought people that wouldn't watch cricket into cricket um but I don't know if there's an equivalent to soccer but um I mean, it's definitely not realistic, but it'd be funny if you could do maybe a five side tournament, like a futsal tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I would be horrendous at that because I need a bit of bigger pitch to be able to run everywhere. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I honestly don't know that the the answer to it. And um, now with all this sort of situation of uh, COVID, it's even even more complicated, I suppose. So it's um, I honestly couldn't answer it. But hopefully, um, obviously, football's still massive in Australia and um, is still doing quite well. We can't be too negative about it. But, um, yeah, I think some things need to sort of happen to sort of kick us on a little bit.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And big, I guess a big talking point from the A-League this season has been, I guess, stadium sizes. And we've spoken a lot about it on the podcast here about how we would prefer, so we're in Brisbane, we'd prefer Brisbane Raw to play at a smaller stadium rather than Suncorp because it just looks empty the whole the whole game basically. What do you think about that? Do you prefer playing in, you know, a bigger stadium or would you prefer to play in somewhere with a little bit more atmosphere like um, a smaller stadium, I guess?
3: Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. I think um, when you play Brizzy, I know they're not really in their heyday at the minute, so hmm. they're not getting the bigger crowds like they may have in the past. But um, Suncorp is an unreal stadium and it's huge, but uh, like you said, they're, they're far from feeling it. So it takes away the atmosphere, which is also... Um, takes a little bit away from the quality of the game. I know when you're in a, in a big packed stadium and um, you just, everything's buzzing, you're obviously really up for it. And I think the quality improves a, a, um, a huge amount, but then, um, yeah, when you're in a small stadium and it's packed, it's just as um, fun, you know, like we our situation at Sydney where Allianz has been knocked down and is being rebuilt. We've been playing at littler stadiums, little boutique stadiums, and I love it. I love playing at Leichhardt. I love playing at um, Jubilee. It's I think it, you get closer to the fans. Um, you obviously sell more. Well, you don't sell more seats, but the, it feels like it's a packed crowd every week. Um, but then at the same time, I mean, at Allianz, we have a great stadium there, and then when that's packed, uh, there's not much better. So it's a tough one. I mean, during the year, you'd think you stick it to the small stadiums where you can um, yeah, sort of pack them out and, and get a good um, atmosphere and whatnot but then obviously when the, the time is right and the, the bigger occasions it's great to have a big stadium chock block.
0: We talk about big occasions mate doesn't get much bigger than playing for your country uh, what was it like to run out for the Socceroos and I guess how nervous were you leading up to it?
3: Uh, yeah I wasn't I was obviously very nervous um, it's obviously a huge honour first and foremost you, to represent your country in, in any sport but um, yeah for get me to get the chance to to play for australia something i 've always wanted to do um was obviously a massive honor and 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 very very cool but I was nervous but I was quite lucky i didn 't find out I was starting um, till the morning off so I thought if I was to know a few days out I probably would have um, yeah had no fingernails left and would have been yeah pretty pretty uh wigging out a bit but um to only have maybe a couple hours beforehand to find out was we a blessing in disguise and sort of just made me think, yeah, you've got to get on with it. And then, yeah, so I wasn't too nervous after that. Once you get out there, I think everyone says the same thing once you're out there, you sort of just get on with it and play. But, um, yeah, it was obviously a massive honour and um, very, very cool.
1: Well, how much of an impact has Graham Arnold had on your career from, you know, starting with Sydney FC to now playing with the Socceroos? Uh, what has he done to uh, promote your career, I guess?
3: Yeah, I think Arnie's been huge for me. Um, personally, obviously, he was he was massive for Sydney. Uh, he's done very well wherever he's been. So as soon as he came to Sydney, we knew it was we were in for for something special. And um, yeah, when he first came in, I, I'd been sort of playing um, a lot of different positions as I had did for Sydney for for a number of years. And he sort of said to me, "I see you as a right back. If you if you want to play right back and give it a good crack at the position's yours." So as soon as he said that to me, I, I knuckled down and I'm trying to to be the best right back I could. And I think once I was concentrated on a certain position and, and knew that I was, a, the coach had confidence in me to, to be in that position, which was Arnie, um, I think, yeah, it really pushed me on. And um, obviously, over the last few years, it's it sort of um, come to fruition that right back was, was suited for me. And, um, yeah, it sort of ended up being the, a pretty decisive moment in my career. And then, obviously, for the Socceroos, um, yeah, him knowing me and and knowing what I'm all about. And then me also knowing what he's all about made the transition for me to, to play for Australia a little bit more, less um, nerve wracking, I suppose. And um, yeah, just, I think having someone having confidence in you as a player is the biggest thing um, and goes a long way. So I've definitely feel I've got that from Arnie and it's made a big difference on my career.
1: Well, is, the, is your sight set on the World Cup now in 2022? Do you think you, is, is that your dream now for, for the Socceroos side of your career?
3: Yeah, I mean, oh, I'd love to be able to stick around and, and continue to um, be in contention all the way up to the World Cup. Um, a lot of things happen pretty quick in football and you never know what's around the corner. So I'm just happy to, to be part of it, whether I'm just part of the, the squad or sitting on the bench or, or playing or starting. Uh, I'm just happy to be in there because you never know how many times you'll get the chance to represent your country so um, I'm just happy to be there and if that ends up being um, me being around for the World Cup then that'll be just the the cherry on the top I suppose so I mean obviously it's a goal but at the same time I'm just um, taking it at any game at at a time to make sure uh, I enjoy playing for Australia while I can
2: Yes, sweet as and you know Part of that, part of getting back to where you want to be for the soccer Socceroos and stuff is playing club football and whatnot. Obviously, we've had an abrupt end of the season. What are you kind of doing in this, I guess, extended off-season kind of period to stay fit and ready and keep your skills up?
3: Um, yeah, I'm obviously still kicking the ball around as much as I can going on, on different runs. we have got a program that our strength and conditioning coach has sent out to us and um, we have got GPS units to... To track us and make sure we're getting stuff done uh initially for the first couple of weeks I sort of just put my feet up and was like oh we don't really get uh, a lot of time off to sort of relax so I sort of um was happy to relax but that didn't last too long I sort of got a, uh, itchy feet and wanted to get back out and do something um being stuck inside wasn't always the best so yeah been kicking the footy um uh, the ball beat, I take the footy, the NRL ball and the AFL ball around too, just to just have a bit of a kick beam playing a little bit of tennis, um, just changing it up to try and uh, stay motivated and uh, try and stay as fit as I can. But yeah, like I said, we've got a program that I'm sort of following and, and trying to, to keep up with to make sure I'm in good enough, Nick, if, if the season gets back up and going or if we have to go back into training.
2: For sure. And how are you guys, I guess, at Sydney, how are you guys staying in touch, staying connected as a squad?
3: Uh, we've had a few Zoom calls. I think the Zoom is the biggest thing for everyone at the minute. Everyone's sort of catching up, whether it's uh, trivia nights or even like these podcasts or just or talking to mates. I think, um, yeah, the Zoom's been a blessing for us and we're no different. We've had a few Zoom meetings where we all catch up. We're obviously in a, a WhatsApp group where that's constantly people putting in silly stuff and trying to have a little bit of banter but sort of keep everyone together and um, I think, continues the great culture that we have. And um, yeah, like, like that, in the zoom calls, we've, we've spoke to obviously Stevie Corker on the phone a number of times. I've spoke to the, the physio. It's, I think everyone's just wants to call people to have a chat and um, chat to someone different. So we're all keeping in contact and it's been good. It's actually been very nice.
1: Well, thank you once again, Ryan, for, for coming on and having a chat with us. Uh, hope to see you back on the footy field in the near future. Thanks mate. No
3: worries, thank you, Cheers.
1: and welcome back boys well that was an uh, extraordinary interview uh with extraordinary, himself. extraordinary. Yeah. who's got yeah. out the thesaurus, thesaurus. Yeah, check yeah, out yeah, the yeah. brains uh, I've, on I've been learning. i've been learning some new words over this uh this break um but yeah ryan grant outstanding he was uh, a great chat and of course sydney fc are lucky to have him and right back he is he's been there 11 years as as he mentioned and as you've mentioned
0: point. about three times now.
1: Yeah. How, how yeah. long has he been there, Campbell?
2: Um, I think about 10 years. Ah, yeah. Okay. Cl- close enough. Funny joke, well,
1: Finn. Keep him coming. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, No, he's a great player. Uh, Australia,
0: Australia as a whole is blessed to have him, really. He personifies the Australian uh, psyche
2: and uh, stereotype, really. so He is an icon.
0: He is. And, I mean, he's a quality footballer, but I think the Socceroos need him just for that. Uh, mm. Just to really, you know, imagine him at the next World Cup.
2: Oh, people be so are going, good. and he's like, got a look. He it would go crazy. People would love him. He's got the spoiler on the back of the hair. I'm calling yeah. that. That's what his mullet is. You know, it's more aerodynamic. Oh,
0: no, he's a so good. man. Like he doesn't need a jersey if he plays A eh? because people yeah. would just be like, yeah, he's Australian.
1: <laughs> yeah, yep. immediately. Yep. Uh, Australian, no, but
0: he was great. But now that I'm thinking about it, I should have worn my uh, Brisbane raw polo. Uh, really? Wow. No. Well,
1: okay. I'm mean, okay. I I just trying to dig. I think okay. I do have a, a Brisbane Raw. Je- oh, no. It Ooh. would have been Queensland. It's not a staff Royal. one, though. You, you probably that paid old. for it, though.
2: Yeah, it's my <laughs> Queensland Raw. I'm not going to do that. Yeah? I'll do the motion off screen. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm doing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I do. I do. No, can I just. Yeah. Gussie, you keep baiting me. You did it last week with the World Cup, and I thought, okay, I'm going to try again. And <laughs> you absolutely, you you're absolutely adding fuel to the fire, pal. What do you
1: mean? What am I doing? Oh, okay.
0: No, I'm not going to go into it because oh, I'm not my. bragging. Anyway, uh, if we're speaking about Sydney FC, uh, boys, they were well clear. I think when the season finished, they were eight points clear of second place, but they had three games in hand. Now, mm. that's dominance. But the question that I asked Ryan is, and the question I want to ask you two now is the season that's done. You know, it doesn't look like it's coming back. The FFA have been very, very silent over the last few weeks. But should Sydney FC be the champions of the 2019-20 A League season?
1: Yep. Ooh. Yes, one hundred percent. They're they're ahead. I know. Uh, actually, I do remember saying that I don't think Liverpool should have been should be champions. But that's because mm. I don't like Liverpool. But. Um, I I do think, and he mentioned that it's technically math, math, mathematically possible for Wellington to catch him. but yeah,
0: it is. I think yeah, it is. Si-
1: I think Sydney FC <laughs> the fact the fact that they've got what five rounds left, it's, uh, yeah, uh, it's pretty much over. Um, they've they've had what the, it would have been but, twenty twenty five. 26 rounds. Look, I think that's enough to, to make it a season, and I think at least they should be given champions of the A League minor Look, I'm, premiers I'm gonna have at to, least. I, yeah,
0: exactly. I'm going to have to butt in there, Gusman, because mm. I think the thing that you're forgetting is the fact that in Australia, unlike most football competitions around the world, there is a final series.
1: Yeah, no.
0: Um, right. So if you want to switch sports for a second, let's consider the AFLW with Fremantle. You know, they went through the regular season in their conference undefeated and looked very much head and shoulders above the rest of the competition. Week one of finals, the season's uh, half the rounds played, but the mm. season's cut short. No champion because it's a final series and anything can happen in the finals. So how can you justify Sydney FC winning the league when, again, but, dog, Doggies in 2016, mate, they came seventh seventh to finish the regular season and they won the flag.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe you give... Sydney FC, the minor premiership. So that, that's the championship. I think they called the champions of the A-League and then uh, rather than premiers of the A-League. No, so. Yeah, because pre-
0: premiers is the minor premiers, champions is grand final winners. So again, maybe you could go uh, premiers, but I do want to actually consider joking about them before, but considering the Brisbane Roar. Now they mm. are a team who in 2020 were undefeated at home. They, they were, were a weird team. They were, and they were absolutely incredible. I think, i would just have to fact check this, but I think they have the best or the second best 2020 record for total points. Now, they are a team yes. that are very much on the up. And to be honest, I'm biased, but I think they would have come close to a top four position if the games were played out. Now, again, how can Sydney FC really go, okay, we want, how can the FFA, sorry, go with 100% certainty Sydney FC would have beaten them, would have gone the whole way. See, it's such a, it's such a difficult, can't.
1: impossible situation, yep. but could, it's, r- could, uh, could the Brisbane raw catch Sydney FC before the end of no, the season? No, but they could, could go into finals and, and play yeah, through the finals. I'd, let's, let's disregard finals. For what's the second? point of, you- what's the point
0: of having premiers if there's no champions?
1: Well, I guess the, 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 the fact that you give them as premiers, that's at least one title that you can give them this season because mathematically, the Brisbane Royal can't catch them. Only Wellington can really catch them. But even then, I'm pretty, I'm ninety nine 99.9% sure Sydney FC would have been premiers. Yeah. And I feel like it'd be fair to give them at least that title. Uh, well, for this season. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, think,
2: it, I think that's fair. I think minor premiers is fair. They were definitely the most dominant team across the track of the season consistent I think they only lost like three games or something was it like that something ridiculously low and you know they were just so strong Uh, two games two games okay well I mean and you talk about Wellington they were pretty inconsistent at the start of the season I think they lost maybe like their first two or three games we were joking about them basically being spooners from the start Hmm. you know you then have Brisbane who were very average in 2019 but towards the end of 2019, they started pulling their form together. We said, I think jokingly, they need a striker for Christmas. And, you know, Brad Inman comes in, starts performing. It wasn't Niedman, in it was a, Scotty, Scotty Mack. Mack. Actually, yeah. actually Scotty just a story, I mean, yeah. story on
0: that. Not flexing here, but oh I was God. there when Scotty Mac. I know you were. You've told me this. Was, have I? When he was recording his yes. t- uh, transfer announcement video. Oh. And I was like, I could text you guys right now and leak it. But I thought... Greater public, I'll let you guys find out in due course. Mm.
2: Mm. You are the worst human being.
0: I'm literally just having a laugh, pal.
2: I know you are, but you're not very what? funny, so that's a bit hard well, for you. Funny looking. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's not, uh, let's not forget, technically, the, I don't think the A-League season's technically over yet. Uh, no. They have five rounds plus finals. So I believe technically, the FFA is still considering that they might be able to squeeze the season in. But I just don't see it happening. There's always... I mean, there's always a possibility that uh, we might actually see a little bit of A-League before the season's just cancelled.
0: Look, I think the A-League's only going to come back if they can complete it. That's the thing. They're not going to... They're not going to bring it back for a two-week period. There's only five rounds left. There's five rounds and then finals. Yeah, which is Um,
1: two weeks, three weeks.
0: Again, in this situation, I think you could fairly go, okay, Sydney FC are the premiers. Sweet. But unless you can... With one hundred percent certainty, complete the final series. There is no point bringing it back.
2: Could you but, play finals instead of those five rounds? Uh, yeah, I could. mean, Just you go, could. Just a twenty odd game season.
0: But you've got to consider it's the top six. You go to the finals, and I think it was. I think it's Western United and Adelaide. They're equal on points in six and seven. Well, so you what? Go goal
2: difference. That's the same as I, it always would be.
0: Yeah, but it's unfair in Adelaide, isn't it? Because they no. might have.
2: No, not really. Well, if if they f- played the same amount of games, that's the same as if the season ended right now, they w- which it has, they would be in the same position, right? That happens where you don't make the top six because of goal difference.
0: Well, they could actually, they could revolutionize the whole thing and they could go, okay, Central Coast, there's 11 teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Central Coast Mariners have been by far the worst, the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. So could you just do a, like a 10 team knockout round? type thing where maybe the first week the top two teams sit out
1: and then you just have knockouts. I don't, I don't see that huh? getting much, mm. uh, I, I don't see the I top know, teams. See the point.
2: Yeah. 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 To, but it's a way,
1: it's a, is,
0: it's a way to like, so first play 10th or whatever,
1: or whatever, yeah. like it's a way to assure that there is a champion yeah, that we I, might not I, I get otherwise. I don't see them revolutionising some new structure to the game. If they're going to bring this game back, they'll. Uh, I I think they will probably bring back five rounds plus finals. I mean, that's what yeah. they're they're thinking. If they if they're bringing back finals, they'll probably bring back that five rounds as well. Because like, why why are you just going to bring
2: <laughs> you don't back? I don't know two how long that's, that's going to last. You could play two rounds or three rounds, yeah. No, but and, and then you go, oh, we're called off again because cases have risen and we can't like would you rather play seven rounds or say you're going to play seven rounds and only end up playing two or three, or would you rather go, let's take that potential two week buffer that we might have might and go, let's just play the finals. Yeah, but they're not going to be played in front of people anyway. So it's like, who really cares?
1: What about the sides that are not quite in that top, top six? What, what if they're just on the, on the edge of... That's exactly well, what I just mentioned, mate. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's the same How's it, any how's other thing? What if they're
2: not in go, the okay, top six at the end finals? of the season? What if they're not in the top six at the end of the season?
1: Yeah, but at least you're giving the opportunity for them to make it into that top six by giving them an extra few rounds.
2: Do you think people really care? Like, I think it, teams is it care. Really, well, I think like the teams will go, well, well, I,
1: I don't think that's very fair if you're just going to cut the season now and play finals.
2: The season's been cut anyway. You'd rather have there's always a possibility
1: they can bring it back. That's the thing. Yeah, slim, again, slim. It's, it's
0: such an impossible situation, gents, that unfortunately we're not going to know the answer to... For a few weeks now, actually, uh, restrictions are starting to lift. As of midnight tonight, we are releasing this on Friday, which is exciting. I think in WA, uh, not that we'll have anyone listening over there, or it's unlikely. Mate, mate, mate. We could Never be, know. we could be, but I think they're now allowing groups of 10 to are. meet up, but of course here in Brisbane, I think you can start going. You know, picnics, long drives, 50 kilometres. So it's exciting. We're working towards a bit of normality, but unfortunately, sport I think is very low down the picking order. And the one sport that is uh, making moves to come back, as we've talked about quite a lot over the last few weeks, is rugby league. But the week that was was quite a bad one for rugby <laughs> league. Uh, Latrell Mitchell and Josh Adokar. Uh, meeting at, was it Latrell's it land uh, in Taree, I mm-hmm. think, uh, and Nathan Cleary um, apparently posing for photos with girls because they were waiting for an Uber. They were only there for 10 minutes. And then after apologizing to the media, uh, TikToks came out the next day that was showing that that wasn't the case. That's so and rubbish. Gusman, yeah. look, we're not going to have a big heated debate here because we both, well, all three of us, I think there's a very clear split on rugby league should it come back and whatnot. So we're not going to go down that route, but Gusman, I will say this should like the week that was, can rugby league players be trusted for the league to return? Have they, can you say that league players have been following protocol where it's safe enough for the league to return?
1: I don't think anyone can say that they've completely 100% followed every single... Josh Adokar,
0: he was driving hundreds of kilometers yeah, to go see Latrell and Tyree.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. That No, that's understandable. And I completely, I think what they've done is completely wrong, and they've possibly jeopardized the start of the NRL season, or the restart of the NRL season. I think uh, Latrell, I think Josh Adokar especially, I think they were stupid. Cleary was a little bit different. I mean, also quite stupid. He had people come over, turn up to his house i mean he hmm. was technically doing the right thing until these people turned up he and invited he them they didn't just the right rock up made a
2: mistake no he, he would have invited them and they rocked up they didn't just go yeah. oh you know what i want to go to Cleary's house and get pissed at yeah his. it's but
1: it, it it is a lot worse than what latrell and josh Adakar were doing they i they think so as went though, out yeah. they traveled long distances to go camping with a bunch of mates going out shooting possibly without licenses Yeah. Um, and Which riding motorcycles, also possibly yeah. without licenses. So that's really not good. And it doesn't reflect well on the game, but I think it is also uh, a good thing as well for the game because it shows that... a good thing for this, the game. How yeah, could I possibly be think a good it, thing
0: for
2: the game?
1: No, I think this is an opportunity where all players in the NRL will go, okay, the the way that these Latrell, Josh Adekar, and Nathan Cleary have been plastered all over the media, the way that the, I mean, the fines that they've gotten fifty thousand dollar fines.
2: They, they have gotten suspended. a slap on the wrist. Yeah, they it's have. not
1: a big, it's not it's not a big
2: uh big fine, but I mean it's it's no, but it's a it's a, it's a time, the time for the NRL review. to no, but it's a time for the NRL to say hey, we're not a joke and we don't take these issues lightly.
0: Well, I 100% yeah, agree with that. that, that you, no, yes. Look, the thing that annoys me the most isn't the fines per se. It's the suspensions. Now, yes, echoing yeah. what Campbell said. Gusman, just a second, please. Yeah. I'm talking. Uh, just as Campbell was saying, it was the time for the NRL to really grow a pair in a way and show that they're a competition who means business and that they weren't just going to roll over and go, okay, let's just get the season started. That we're going to show that, you know, we can be sensible about the situation because we actually care about how players are following policy at the moment. COVID-19 and the restrictions that have followed have been the most significant and important policies introduced in Australia in recent history. And the fact that those players breached it knowingly and then only got one game suspensions is an absolute joke. It is straight up laughable by the NRL. I agree. I agree. I agree that no the guts. suspension it's should no have been
1: longer. I agree that the suspension should have been longer. I think it should have been at least a month's suspension. But they don't
0: want yeah. to. Do you know why? Because Adokar, Luttrell, and Cleary, they're three, of New of the S- no, they're three of New South Wales, if not Australia's rugby league playing pool. Aren't they? They are some of Australia's biggest rugby league players. And what? Think of the loss in you know, viewership. If is not running down the wing for the Storm, or if Luttrell's not starting in the one jersey for the Bunnies and so on. It's... It's weak. It's weak by the NRL, Absolutely. the fact that they didn't want to suspend these players for a sensible duration. The fact that Nathan Cleary went to the media, knowingly lied about breaking this policy, and then got caught out. If he's not scrubbed out for a season, then the NRL is gutless. I'm serious. Straight up gutless. Really? Straight really? up gutless.
1: Straight up gutless. I, I, I do not think a season out of the game is worthy of the crime that he committed. I Look, think a five this, the, the, suspension. Crime, the the government's fine for that that crime is a thousand dollar it's a thousand dollar fine. The deputy okay? minister the they paid fifty times that fine. They paid fifty times that fine. Fifty grand. Imagine fifty grand coming out of your pocket. That is a big that is it a is. big financial hit. I know they're, I'm I know also they're not earning as much and as as I know they've got plenty of cash to burn, but fifty grand's a big fine. I think the suspension should have been longer. I think that's why they they got it wrong. But it's, it still sends a message to other players um, that this is not the thing you, you need to be doing when the no, season starts. This is bollocks. not what you nah, need to do. That's bollocks. This isn't and what... Sense, no, and, and, this and isn't the, what NRL, the NRL have introduced a 48-page biosecurity document that they've given out to all the, the governments, all the different clubs, about the rules that they've got in place when the season resumes. And but these rules will be strictly followed by all the players. How, it's can you,
2: how can you confirm that with what we've seen now? Well, we've seen I, that the players clearly can't be trusted with this. I mean, I mean firstly
1: the season hasn't started yet. Doesn't matter. But yeah, secondly when the season does start, they'll be under bigger restrictions than they are now. That's how what can, I'm saying. How they've can got you got this, be sure this. that they will follow them? Yeah, I, I guarantee that they'll follow that. Guarantee. After what's happened would to these conscience. after what's happened to these four, I guarantee it.
0: Now, look, I think this isn't the wake-up call that rugby league needed. And if it was, then the sport really does have to have a deep, hard look at itself and really wonder why it's got, why it's taken this much time and it's taken these incidents for the rugby league world to wake up in the wake of the coronavirus. Anyway, gents, let's move on from rugby league. What else were we talking about? What else we're is on the agenda? MJ's,
2: MJ, I, yeah. uh, The
0: Last Dance. Now, that's a great uh, series. That's a series of documentaries that have been released on Netflix at the moment. I've watched it uh, up until episode four because I think that's all that's out at the moment. Gusman. You're watching it as well, are you up to date as well?
1: Yeah, I'm up to date. Uh, yeah. Episode four. I, oh, God, I wish there were more out. It's a great show, isn't it? It's yeah, it's amazing. I the, I think the the whole thing is they, they a camera crew's been following around the uh of course that outstanding uh, uh the dynasty of uh, the the nine eighties nineties late eighties nineties. Uh, yeah, it's just an outstanding documentary and it shows how good. Uh, Michael Jordan is Holy yeah. surely, that guy he's,
0: he's an absolute Freak of nature oh, But shit. also his uh, His supporting crew Of course uh, Scotty Pippen Was absolutely yeah. incredible He was the second best player In the NBA at the time But yet yeah. He was the 122nd uh, Ranked for salary In the NBA Yeah uh, and of course, you can, as you can expect, there were pay disputes and arguments that followed and ultimately brought the end of that Bulls dynasty, I guess. But uh, then you got uh, Rodman, you know, he's an absolute freak in nature. Yeah. Oh,
2: And he? freaky hair too. Oh, freaky. Have you, do you know much about Dennis Rodman, when yeah, he does that, now? Well, he's,
0: Kim's, well, he's, Kim's, he's, Kim's best mate, Kim's isn't his best mate.
1: He's, yeah, he's uh, best what, mates with Kim Jong.
0: Yeah, no, it's, a, it's absolutely fascinating. But they uh, they spent about half of an episode, I think it was episode three, on Dennis Rod- Rodman. And it's absolutely fascinating, but also quite sad when he's talking about why he felt the need to act out. Um, it's similar to, I would say, Ben Cousins um, in that he kind of felt trapped, didn't he, Gus? He kind of felt that as an athlete, You know, he wasn't paid for what he did on the floor. He was paid for the media and the attention and the pressure that comes along with being an NBA superstar. Uh, So we decided to do things such as dyeing his hair and dressing up and wedding wedding dresses and and the likes to just to kind of remind himself that he does have that type of freedom and that type of thing but absolutely fascinating so i can't plug it enough the last dance on netflix uh, episodes come out weekly yeah uh, it's up to episode four at the moment seriously if you don't have to be a basketball fan straight right. up it right. is absolutely grabbing and it's it's one of those things where you just can't put it down you can't turn yeah. it off yeah uh, like a good book but as a as a uh, what, what are we gen z as someone uh, who's uh,
2: I think, I think, I think, we are. No, I I think as
0: someone, as someone who's 20, I'll put oh, it that way. People yeah. say, you know, it's a really good book. I can't put it down. You know, it's like that type of thing. But for people our age, I think this is much more appropriate. Netflix can't put that show down. So mm. give it a watch. I,
1: yeah. I just want to mention Scotty Pippen's story Cause it was, uh, it was quite inspirational. I loved it cause he was in a family of oh, how many, it was like 12 or something. It was a massive family. Mm. His dad, uh, had a stroke. And was put into a wheelchair, and then his brother also uh, uh, injured himself uh, was was in a wheelchair as well, so he had two people in his family in a wheelchair when he uh, when he started playing in the nBA the reason why he signed on to it was an eighteen million dollar contract, I believe at the time, uh, but it was for about seven or eight years, and he signed on to that contract because he said he needed the money because mm. It, it, just in case he got injured, in, injured. It, in a year or two and he wasn't able to pay for his family and i thought that was uh, i thought that was amazing and i think scottie Pippen was probably the most uh, the most underrated player in nba history
0: how much yeah. nba do you watch Gus? i don't
2: think
1: i don't watch a lot i, don't I lot. think
2: he's underrated at all i i think i oh he is somewhat he, pal. he played second I think- fiddle to
1: um, Michael
2: Jordan's. Because you know, it's Michael Bloody career. Jordan. Exactly. <laughs> Not yeah, many but, uh, people can. Jordan, Jordan, no one can beat Jordan's that.
1: the guy who had all the accolades, didn't he? But Scotty Pippen was. Mm. And, he was a, and, I mean, he was a great supporting how, cast. You uh, see how Pippen. poorly they performed without him in the side. So.
0: Yeah, that is true. Uh, I think the most fascinating thing about this documentary, though, is the rivalry with the Detroit Pistons at the time, which featured Dennis Rodman as well, which I didn't know yeah. going into it. But uh, that was absolutely incredible. You know, for a team to play that physical as a basketball team is absolutely fascinating. So, again, give this a watch. We won't keep rambling on about it because we don't want to spoil it. And let's face it, we are just armchair experts, if that, when it comes to all sports, including basketball. So, I guess we can't really offer any new perspectives or anything. So, uh, Gusman, uh, over to you, pal.
1: Yeah, well, that was, well, uh, once again, another great uh, episode. Great interview with uh, Ryan Grant and... Uh, it was um, a great uh, impact on how you know how coronavirus is going to be impacting the A League. What, what Ryan Grant's thoughts are on the whole process, how he's going through it. Uh, it was great to t- uh, touch on the uh, MJ documentary because that was that was quite amazing, and I'm going to be watching it. I when's the next episode out?
0: i'm gonna ask uh, next, sure. next, next week sometime next week is it oh i can't I imagine so um, anyway boys, actually, uh, one thing one thing i did want to ask ryan that i forgot to is why his name is spelt that way i was gonna
2: ask that too but, uh, uh, like, huh.
0: again jump on google uh, well basically his name is spelled r-h-y-a-n yeah. yeah
2: you can see it in the title
0: so. um yeah. it's just yes, one of those man. like it's one of those like letters that just don't belong in a name. Like I always Ah, thought that like growing up, if I ever have a daughter, I was going to name her Ruby with a silent G.
2: How many times do I need to hear about this? No, 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 no,
0: no, no. I've heard this. It's going to name her Ruby with the silent G.
2: Yeah.
0: R U G B Y. That's funny. That's funny. The people at home will appreciate that. That's free comedy. Normally, normally you have to pay for that. You have to pay for that. But I give that to you for free because I enjoy doing it. And that's why I. I think it. you'll pay me to listen to that. Yeah. Honest to God, right. my ego was that big. I probably right. would.
1: I think. I think. I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, if you want to check us out on uh, Instagram or Facebook, Instagram at underscore beyond the sidelines underscore. Facebook at beyond the sidelines. We do these episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well, so you can uh, check them out there. Chuck them on in the car. Uh, is there anything else you boys want to add before we finish for today? Oh, I'm just missing
0: sport, mate. Um, I'm just missing sport. Um, This is the closest thing we can get to that at the moment, which is a bit of a shame, really. Because, yeah. I just hope league doesn't dominate the headlines next week. Because personally, personally, I just want something new to talk about next week. But uh, we'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah. Anyway, thank you once again for joining us. See you next time.